This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. This weekend, we're delighted to have Ambassador Peter Hoekstra joining us from The Hague in the Netherlands. Peter Hoekstra is the U.S. Ambassador to the Netherlands. The Ambassador served as a member of Congress for 18 years, from 1993 to 2011, representing Michigan's 2nd District. He was the founding chairman of the Congressional Caucus on the Netherlands and active throughout his tenure in promoting Dutch-American ties. And a warm welcome to you from Washington, D.C., as well as the friends and partners in Michigan. Welcome, Ambassador Peter Hoekstra. Welcome, Ambassador Hoekstra. Hey, great. It's it's good to be with both of you. Thank you. Ambassador Hoekstra, a great deal has changed in America and around the world in light of the spread of the coronavirus. And early during the month of May, we took time to commemorate the 75th anniversary of VE Day, Victory in Europe. Many of the virtual events brought people together and President Trump delivered a meaningful message to those who gave their lives so we could live in freedom. He did so once again in Maryland uh, this past Memorial Day weekend. Ambassador Hoekstra, could you share with our listeners in Michigan, the Midwest, and the rest of America about your special visit on Memorial Day weekend to Margraten, the Netherlands American Cemetery and Memorial, and its significance and symbolism to America, the people of the Netherlands, and Europe's generation today. We had an absolutely awesome weekend at Margrat, and it's both uh, the name of the community and then uh, it's the name of the American cemetery in that southern part of the Netherlands. On Saturday, we you know were under COVID restrictions, so we can really have only limited numbers of folks there, but. On Saturday, which traditionally would be the day that the Dutch, the Dutch families in the community uh, would bring to the American graves uh, their flowers. Every one of those 10,023 people who are commemorated at Margraten are adopted by a Dutch family. And so on Memorial Day weekend, typically they would come and lay flowers on the graves. Uh, this year, they couldn't do that because of uh, because the cemetery is closed. Uh, but we initiated this new tradition on Saturday. We got people from the community and from the embassy together, and over a period of about four hours, uh, we read the names of every single individual uh, that is commemorated there. Uh, obviously, we could not read the names of the 107 unknown, uh, but we acknowledged all of those folks. And then on Sunday, we had an awesome ceremony with the king. Uh, king Willem Alexander was there. It was the first time that we'd had uh, the king or the queen there since 2005. In 2005, George Bush visited the cemetery. We had expected all along that the king was going to be there this year. Uh, and that meant we probably would have had approaching 15,000 Dutch uh, people at the cemetery for our Memorial Day commemoration. You cannot overstate how strongly the Dutch feel about the Americans and the American sacrifices that we made to liberate them in World War II. We had an awesome ceremony, no audience, but it was a very solemn ceremony at the cemetery. And we so much thank the the Dutch people, uh, the king, 
you know, people from their government for making it such a memorable day. For our listeners who are tuning in, we would certainly encourage them to go to the uh, U.S. Embassy in the Netherlands website. Uh, there is a great clip of Ambassador Peter Hoekstra delivering a speech, and 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 what a sight that is, a sacred ground, uh, that's for sure. Uh, Ambassador Hoekstra, what has been the Netherlands' response to COVID-19 uh, when compared to the United States and perhaps the state of Michigan regarding lockdowns and closed businesses for a period of time? Well, the Dutch have put together what they called an intelligent lockdown, and I've been fairly impressed with exactly how they approached it. Restaurants, uh, bars, cafes uh, were shut down, and schools were shut down. In the business world, much of the business community stayed open. Uh, small shops would stay open, and but they would limit the number of people that could come into the shop. Say, it's a small shop, we sell paint, uh, but you know we've got X number of square feet, so to maintain proper social distancing, we're only going to allow three or four customers into the store at the same time. Uh, but by and large, all of their businesses stayed open. At the embassy, we went to what is called an A and a B concept. Only half the employees would be allowed to come into the embassy at any given time. Uh, but we encouraged all employees to work at home. So in reality, we never have more than 15 to 20% of the embassy workforce at the embassy uh, at any point in time. You know, you put that all together, and, you know, we've done this now for about, you know, we will be coming on the close of week 11. Uh, the results have been pretty good. The The economy hasn't taken as strong of a, of a hit as what I in, in like the state of Michigan. The people have been uh, very tolerant of the guidelines that the government has put in place. They do allow us to, you know, go for a walk, go for a bike ride, you know, walk to the beach uh, and those types of things. So uh, it's actually worked, I think, fairly effectively here in the Netherlands in terms of keeping people safe. That was always their number one priority, but also creating some semblance of normality, meaning you could, you know, you could go to your stores and if you were going to be staying home and working at home or being required to be at home, you know, you could go to the nursery, you could pick up some plants so you could plant the plants. You could go to the store and pick up the paint or pick up some tools if you were going to do some remodeling and all of those kinds of things. So watching it work here, uh, it, worked, uh, it worked quite well. Right, and that actually uh, explains what you mentioned, the Dutch economy contracted just by 1.7% in the first quarter of this year, which was much less than many other European economies, including German economy that fell by 2.2% during the same time. Uh, now, European Commission predicted a recession of historic proportions, that's in their words, uh, for the European Union and its 27 member countries, predicting a 7 0.5% contraction in 2020. According to the U.S. State Department, the Netherlands is considered one of the largest investors in the United States, supporting an estimated 700,000 jobs and the eighth largest importer of U.S. goods. The United States is the largest foreign investor in the Netherlands. Based on the European Commission prediction and our trade and investment partnership between U.S. and Netherlands, what do you see as trade and investment between our two countries going forward? 
Well, a couple of things. Uh, you're absolutely right on the statistics. We have a very, very close trading relationship and investment relationship with the Netherlands. It's very, very positive, as it, as it is with uh, the rest of Europe. Uh, the good news coming out of this is I think the relationship between the United States and the EU, the United States and the Netherlands, is going to become even stronger. And we're talking to a lot of businesses here. Uh, and, you know, they're working very, very closely with their counterparts uh, in the United States to develop vaccines, to develop the medical protocol to deal with COVID. Philips, a large Dutch company, makes all of its respirators uh, in the United States. So the production is in the United States. We worked with them to be uh, to enable them to increase their production uh, and then to ship these uh, respirators to their customers around the world. We know that we have trusted supply lines between the United States and the EU, and we can rely on each other. Uh, as we would say in Dutch, uh, we are echte vrienden. We are real friends. We can count on each other. So I think uh, because of the work that has been done by uh, the Trump administration and these types of things to to link us closely together with Europe and Europe responding, uh, this trade investment security relationship after COVID is going to become even stronger uh, because when things are good, you sometimes don't necessarily realize who your real friends are. But when times are tough, you know, then it's easy to see who your friends are, who's dependable, who's reliable, uh, who can you coordinate and cooperate with. And we, as Americans and the Dutch, have seen that we are real friends. We are reliable. We are trustworthy. And so we're going we're gonna to get even closer than what we are now. Based on what you mentioned as well with the Trump's administration forging closer ties uh, with Netherlands, uh, to spearhead with other major EU economies a policy toward China, uh, which has been aggressively pursuing business deals within the European Union, including building bridges and infrastructural projects that are funded by EU funds, and exerting greater commercial influence and potential control of seaports in Italy and Croatia in the Adriatic Sea, which are both NATO members. You know, like I said, number one, we're going, we're coming out of this crisis and we're seeing exactly who our real friends are. Uh, the second thing, we're seeing who we really can depend on. You know, we've already been having some issues collectively with China in terms of intellectual property, protection of intellectual property, financial investments, access to the Chinese market in the same way that China has access to the European market and that they have to the United States. Uh, and yet the United States, along with EU support, uh, we've even before COVID, we've really begun to challenge China on these economic disparities and saying, you know, you either got to start playing by international rules uh, or things are going to change. And so, you know, we've all been working at trying to get China to become a better trading partner. We want access to China. They want access to the U.S. and to Europe. But we have to do it on, on, on equal footing. You know, we've had concerns about their telecommunications companies, Huawei in particular, and the security of data that goes across those lines. And, you know, 
Europe is beginning to see the same problem and the same concern. So I think we're going to see improvement in terms of the U.S. and the EU again confronting China in a unified approach. Uh, the Dutch and the Americans, we've challenged China on its human rights issues. Uh, and then you have the COVID crisis where, you know, the EU joined with the United States, joined with Australia and saying, we need transparency, accountability, and a review for how China performed in the early stages of this COVID crisis. Were they fully transparent? Did they share information with the rest of the world? Or, you know, were they not transparent? But we're all asking uh, collectively for an investigation and a review. So, again, we're seeing who our friends are. We can, we're seeing who we can work together on. And, you know, you know, Europe and the United States are fully transparent. We all count the numbers in COVID slightly differently, but we all know what the differences are. Uh, and we all have active, uh, an active press uh, to challenge our, our leaders to make sure that they're transparent and challenge the decisions that they are making. Uh, you know, and so this democracy, freedom of press, uh, human rights, individual liberty and freedom, these are all things that we have in Europe, that we have in the United States that you don't have in China. And all of that is coming into much clearer focus right now. Ambassador Peter Hoekstra, we truly appreciate your time on America's Roundtable. And in closing, uh, would you like to share a special message to Americans as well as the citizens of Michigan? Well, the uh, thank you for uh, sending me to my birth country, the Netherlands. Uh, it is a great honor for me to be able to represent the United States of America, the Trump administration uh, here in the Netherlands recognize that we really don't have a better friend than the Dutch. We have so many things in common, our values, our economy, and those types of things, our economic approaches. And regardless of what you hear, sometimes through parts of our media, uh, there's a tremendous amount of respect for the leadership that America is providing uh, to the world today in terms of confronting the different challenges that we face each and every day. Uh, to my friends in West Michigan, Diane and I hope to see you this summer, uh, but we'll have to wait for the U.S. and for Europe to uh, lift their travel restrictions. Uh, you know, we really want to see the people of West Michigan this summer, but, you know, most importantly, we want to be able to see our grandkids. Thank you so much for joining us from The Hague in the Netherlands, Ambassador Peter Hoekstra. Thank you, Ambassador Hoekstra. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I am Joel Anansami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sertorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. Visit our website, iLeadersSummit.org. Follow us on Twitter, iLeadersSummit and America's RT. On Facebook, International Leaders Summit and America's Roundtable. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable.